Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, let's talk it. Let's talk Packers football. It's on my block podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, and review to our On My Block podcast show on the Process to Perform channel on YouTube. You can hit me up at MikeWall68 or Process to Perform on Instagram. Our show is always sponsored by BetOnline.ag. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing, and BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to the BetOnline site today, and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Packers are rolling into NYC. We're, I think we're six-point favorites. I just checked the bet online stats. I think we're six-point favorites. I've got to be honest, that feels a little light. This is an injured Giants football team. Um, but before that, I, so I, you know, you're prepping for the show. And listen, I don't know what goes on like tomorrow, much less next week. But I'm prepping for the show, and I've realized, am I reading this right? There's two Monday Night Football games on simultaneously? So the Packers-Giants Monday Night Football. Okay. And then Miami's hosting Tennessee, and they're at the same time. They didn't even stagger the times. It's like, and those are, let's be honest, for the national audience, like everyone, Green Bay's excited to watch it. Miami's going to be excited to watch that game. Maybe t- Nashville people are excited to watch that game. But this is two bad games that they put on Monday Night Football. It's amazing you see the shift from when I was growing up, how Monday Night Football was the most important game of the week. Like, that's that was the marquee game. And I think now Sunday Night Football is taking that over. I think it's taking over decisively. And because of last year, the Thursday Night Football games are have been so bad that uh, I don't know. I don't know where that sits on the hierarchy. But, you know, for me, Sunday is just really still the, the time. I, I would hope that you would hope that Monday Night Football, because it's it's it used to be such a marquee uh a marquee show, and now they're now they're trying to jam two two games into. I don't understand it at all. But enough about it. I bet you the the Giants. Or excuse me. I bet you the Miami t- Tennessee spread is at least six. By the way, but the Giants are far removed uh, from last season and Brian Dayball's first year as a, as a head coach. There, they had a lot of success. Daniel Jones was playing an elevated level of football to to. to, to than compared to prior years. Um, right now, he's out. They're sitting at four and eight. So he's out. Tyrod Taylor's been out. He might come back, but they've been sitting with this kid, Tommy DeVito. I don't know anything about him. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I do. The Giants, uh, they got healthy at two key positions since last time we checked. Saquon Barkley's been in and out. He's healthy. He looks like Saquon Barkley looked great. His numbers aren't what they should be because they're not very good. But they also got back Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is, is a is one of the, the better left tackles in the National Football League. Um, he helps. And when you watch this team, I think when you watch them offensively at least, what you're going to look at is you're going to say, you know what, they, they're actually not – like they do a lot of things well. They understand – like when I watch the line, like the footwork's pretty good. They're, they do a lot of things well. They're just not very – they just don't have a lot of guys. Like they just don't have a lot of like the talent of the separation of talent is is razor thin for the New York Giants. Like they just are. They, it looks like a team that you thought they were one or two players away from going to the next step up the you know challenging the Giants, challenging or the Cowboys, challenging the Eagles, and now you take away two players or you know a handful of players and you go. Man, they're all the way back down here. They got rid of Leonard Williams uh, earlier in the year. They sent him to Seattle. He's one of their, their best defensive tackles. They still have, for my money, the best guy in the business that knows tackle, uh, Dexter Lawrence. But as you look, if you really just sit here and watch this team, you know, they're uh, 31st in points per game. They're 32nd in yards per game. To put that in context, 32nd in yards per game, I put it into context. As bad as the New England Patriots are, 
and they beat the Patriots like 10 to 7 a couple weeks ago. They're still behind the Patriots in yards per game. That's how bad, that's how poor or this that poor this offense was executing. Now I'll say this as you look at this team, Tommy DeVito will sling the ball around the, the yard. Um, he'll give his he'll give his playmakers a chance. He's in, he's very anticipatory anticipatory with his throws. I like uh, the rookie Jalen Hylett. They might get they might get back. Excuse me. There was talk that they get back Darren Waller, but it doesn't look to, look to be that way. I think the most intriguing thing though for the New York Giants is, as they move forward is Tyrod Taylor is going to be available for this game, but they're still going to start with Tommy DeVito. And the coach said something to the effect like he's earned the position, which if you watch the tape, I mean he has. We'll, we'll watch some tape on on the offense, and he does a lot of things well. But there's some things that man, like you, you're going to be looking your chops to get on the field if you're a defensive player the Packers now six and six they're officially in the wild card race uh, I think they 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 have the last spot in the wild card the seven whatever they have seven spots now it's ridiculous but they are playing their best ball of the season um huge upset last week I think they were six point dogs against Kansas City in Lambeau last night uh last Sunday night hopefully we can get Aaron Jones back I think everything you're seeing right now has been without Aaron and and not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, who is the best player on this offense. And so when you look at the development, especially of this receiving core and what they've been able to do, and then you factor in, and AJ had a good game last week, but you start thinking about what is what does this offense look like with Aaron Jones now and how they're able to manipulate defenses and not rely necessarily on the – ability of their offensive line to create space to run because that's really still the Achilles healers. You know, can this offensive line become a more physically dominant group up front, you know, get vertical displacement off the line of scrimmage and help these running backs get more space. Aaron Jones kind of at least in part takes care of that problem. So now you're going to have a, like a really, really interesting offense because Matt LaFleur for the third week in a row did such a wonderful job and the whole entire staff, Adam Sandovich and all did such a wonderful job of putting those guys in positions to be successful. We don't know about Jerry Alexander either. If he's back, I think that really does a lot for this secondary. It's amazing, you know, since we traded Rasul and everybody's on Goody. I was on – everybody's on Goody. Now they've gone on a three-game winning streak. It had nothing to do with Rasul Douglas, right? He's playing really well for, for Buffalo. It was when he when, – at least when he got there the first week. But it's interesting. You know, you're missing your two best guys. Valentine, Valentine, start, they show up. They start playing well. But really – it wasn't that they were doing such a good job, which they've done. They've done a commendable job, but it's the, it's how everybody else kind of shouldered the weight, like threw an extra pound of sand in their backpack and said, I'll, I'll take some more on defensive lines. have been playing lights out. Absolutely lights out football. Can they play better from a, can they play better from a, uh, a pass rush standpoint? I mean, excuse me, a run game standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. But a lot of that had to do last week. We talked about it. Take Isaiah McDuffie out of the equation. You put you know, everybody else back in. You're not attacking gaps as hard. It, you're, you're reading a lot. You're catching a lot. It's, it's a problem. The Giants' defense. I want to focus on the defense first. Um, let's focus on the offense first. Giants' offense, 13.3 points per game, 31, 31st in the league. 258 yards per game, 32nd in the league. They rush for 107 yards per game, midway, about 18th in the league. They have Saquon. They don't – when you watch the team, they don't have – any, I mean, Darren Waller's out. He's not going to come back right now. Quarterback's out. They're on their third-string quarterback, although, again, kind of like the way he plays. I like the rookie Jalen, um, the third-rounder, Jalen Hyatt. like the way he plays. Some kids are – I mean, the kids are out there trying to make play. Isaiah Hodgins making plays for them. You know, Darius Slayton's still available. So they have some guys, but you'll see it up front, just the movement they get, just everything that – it just not – quite elite level NFL caliber talent. And so you really have to do well with your execution, which I think up front they do. Uh, and then you have to start, you know, the reasons that you got drafted later or the, you know, all those kind of things that come out on tape, you have to start learning how to do a race. And I think one thing is you watch tape on, on DeVito in particular for all the good stuff he does. Well, he's, Pocket presence is tough. So you're thinking, you're watching, even though they've got Andrew Thomas back and Evan Neal's out, which is huge because Evan Neal was a turnstile at right tackle since he came in the league. He's really, really struggled with his technique. Um, the player that is has replaced him is actually doing a commendable job. I'll get his name, uh, Ty, uh, Tyree Phillips. 
he's doing a commendable job, but because of the pocket press, and I think, God, they think they have Pew at the, at uh, left guard. Yeah, Justin Pugh came off the couch. He was playing left tackle, now he's playing left guard. They're all doing a pretty decent job. But the pocket presence is is not there. He get, he got sacked six times last week against the Patriots. They're coming off their bye week, so this is a week and a half ago, I suppose. But he gave up. They got the Patriots don't sack any. I mean, they don't they don't get six sacks in a game. They sacked this guy six times. I mean, he's just he's not quite doesn't have that. So if you're Kenny, if you're Rashawn, if you're if you're if you're MVP defensive MVP Preston Smith, um, I think you're looking at this game like. This is a stat stuffer game. You have a real opportunity to do something here. Uh, I one and we'll we'll show this. Let's just get to the tape right now. So I did something I usually don't do, and I watched the offensive tape against the Patriots from the last week, but I, I'm just going to tell you now, I watched the defensive tape from the Commanders game two weeks ago because the Patriots offense is so bad, it's unwatchable. Okay, but we're going to focus on the offense first. The big thing is Brian Dable and, and that offensive staff, they're playing the same. Like, they they haven't made a ton of changes because you got to remember Danny, you know, uh, Danny Dimes uh, is not the, he's a very, very mobile athletic quarterback, first-round draft pick, they paid him. I think they gave him a ton of money. He's not the most accurate passer. Like they, they didn't build an offense around him. They built an off, or maybe they did build an offense around him, but it's not, it's not a drop back passing offense. So they're going to do a lot of stuff because they don't have a great line because they don't have great pocket presence with their starting quarterback. They're going to move the pocket, a lot of play action, get the ball out of his hands, make the pre-snap reads as easy as possible. Okay. So you're going to see a lot of the stuff that you would watch if you had if you had Danny Dimes, if you had Tyrod Taylor in there, they're all it's going to be the same information with Tommy DeVito. So they're going to play this, you know, largely going to play the same here. So we go motion across to a two by two. They get the coverage that they want. And they're going to play this deep crosser all the way across the ball. They have the clear out on the top, deep crosser across the ball, big play offense, and try to take those shots when they can. They're going to do just the same thing as the Green Bay Packers. Young young player, let's ID through motion. So they show that they these they show that they're not going to uh they're going to stay in its own coverage. They're in cover 2. Talking about the Patriots now. This is just a little wrinkle of football. So if I can take this back a little bit more. So you got a 2 by 2 look. And as you motion across, you see the safety comes back. And now you know you're in a two-shell look, and it's probably cover two. So you just take a peek out here. And if he can get outside, see, because he started at the top of the numbers, talking about the receiver at the bottom of the screen. If you start at the top of the numbers and you can get outside that corner and there's anything threatening that flat initially, which there is coming out of the backfield, well, all of a sudden, because that's a trail look on the, on the, uh, on the corner, and he's really going to beat that safety to the from the near hash and if time devito is confident he can get that ball in there there's just opportunities we saw this last week with the green bay packers i think they threw this to tucker craft oh, excuse me romeo dobbs but same idea that cover two that window's open you just have to have the arm you have to have the arm arrogance to be able to throw it so you go two by two again they come across and i do this motion now they're in man and we see that he has leverage on his defender so what does that mean that means the defender can't run at him. He has to take a high angle as he pushes up field, pop it in the ground, easy curl and catch for Tommy DeVito. They start making plays. You're going to see – We saw. I, I think I showed you the one huge play that they had as far as in the passing game in the first play. A lot of this is going to be dink and dunk. But DeVito can sling the football. He's not afraid of it. They run the orbit here. And now you look at they've got up top, they've just got a, 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 a replacement route on their on their uh twins look so they run a go and then he for the clear out and as soon as that corner turns his shoulders he just puts this ball on a rope so this is a 25 yard pass across the field on a rope in between coverage like the kid can throw the ball so this isn't one of those games where you sit you play off you read the eyes and you're just going to sit back and like you know take easy footballs out of the air Kid's not afraid to, afraid to throw this ball at all. 
He's got the arm talent to do it. The Giants do a really good job like every other team. Like, I guess what I'm saying is you're going to see a lot of these themes from every football team. You know, this, there's a lot of kind of basic offensive principles, right? It's just a question of execution. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Uh, as far as, you know, when you talk about route combinations and whatnot, a lot of this stuff's already been thought out. It's who runs it the best. So you see I have the the, tie, the hipped off tight end circled. I have the corner circled on the bottom, and then you see the green arrow. And I think that's Jalen Hyatt coming across. And so they're just going to run the shallow cross here with a pick. But it's interesting the way that the, the Giants run the, the screen here because they know that corner is going to want to go over the top. He just kind of drives down the middle on his linebacker here and forces this guy to go, you know, get eight yards, seven, eight yards of separation. They run the shallow, really shallow, put it on him. He hooks up, makes one guy miss, and, you know, gets a 15-yard game. Now, I put this in. I just remember – I think it was Rasul. This is a couple of weeks ago. Good thing we don't do this anymore. But you're down. We were down on the. They were on the ten, and we were sitting on the goal line. And they, I think they ran a slant and just walked in, and we're like, well, you know, every, I think everybody in, in the building was going, well, why, why is he so far off? Giants are still doing that. Or excuse me, the Patriots are still doing that. And so the Giants take advantage of this. He's ten yards off on the twelve yard line. And I think they just run a a, a little five yard stick here. Make one guy miss to the outside and, and walk into the end zone. And this is the kind of stuff where you don't want to give bad football teams who are averaging 13 points a game easy stuff. So as you're thinking about how you're going to game plan this team, they haven't really thrown a ton of um of like man coverage, just nine routes. They've they've thrown a couple and they can hit them. I think I have one on here. But this is one of those situations where I think you're probably playing no more than five yards off, especially down here. I think I think we've I think part of this whole thing is I think Jay, John, excuse me, Joe Barry has changed his philosophy at least a little bit. Now this is what I'm talking about with Tommy DeVito and the relationship he has with some of these receivers. Little pressure in the pocket, steps up, and you see 15 yards downfield, the corner hasn't flipped his hips. Okay, this is really bad technique by the corner. The corner is actually going to turn the opposite way and, and run with his chest facing the numbers here. But he's beat, and Tommy's got the kind of the anticipation to let this thing go. All right? So he was playing – the corner's playing 12 yards off, didn't maintain his cushion, didn't turn his hips in time. The quarterback has a, has a confidence. You know, your third-string quarterback, it's like, what do you got to lose, right? So he's got some young talent. He's taking advantage of it. They're giving him opportunities. Now, when I talk about the defensive line and the other side of this and giving up six sacks last week to the Patriots, I don't, I don't know how many they gave up versus the commanders. But if I'm – there should be there should be a line – in front of the tackle, it's in front of the right tackle. So the left defensive end, left outside linebacker, there should be a line in front of that guy. Not because he's a bad player, but because Andrew Thomas is better. So you go to the weakest link. And because this this kid, is, he's just not good with pocket presence. He's just not a, a good player with pocket presence. You just sacks, sacks, sacks. Experience in the pocket. There's guys wide open on this. Throw the, you know, he doesn't, but he, sometimes when you're the third string guy, you're waiting for it to play out, right? You don't trust your eyes yet. And so you see this right now. You see the, the left tackle's giving up the edge. It's like, throw the check down, man. It's right there. Just throw the check down or flip your eyes to the other side of the field. You got somebody open, wide open on the hash. They're always kind of looking for the bigger play. Maybe he's got to see things open from time to time, and maybe that's a combination. Maybe he's got great anticipation with a clean pocket, or when he when he rises up the pocket, he's just automatically looking downfield, so he makes some of those great throws. But when you watch this guy over and over and over again from a – from a like a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? If you watch the game from start to finish, then you see the lack of – experience and lack of pocket presence start to kind of rise up over the course of the game. 
because right here's a this is a clean pocket, but you got to throw the ball. And even right now, the, the question is, do you exit? Or you can see Saquon's wide open. And so sometimes you got to make this good on your offensive line. He exits. He decides to exit high. Andrew Thomas ends up. Um, I shouldn't say he doesn't get beat for the sack at all. He does a fine job, but you know you, the defensive end runs over the top, and you're in, you're in trouble. You got quads look on the bottom. I think you're going to go motion across. Are they stand. Yeah, they go motion across. So they end up in a bunch. Again, checkdowns available. He's waiting on both outside routes to see what that safety is trying to hold that safety, and all of a sudden. Pocket collapses, not confident. Again, it's not that they're getting enough. Um, it's not that they're getting beat right off the line of scrimmage. If it, Another way to say you got beat late is a quarterback held the ball too long. It just depends on your perspective. If you're into the New York Giants football team, it doesn't have a great offensive line. And you're on th your third string quarterback. Of course, you know, the, the, everyone's going to, yeah, I got to strain more. Well, it's like, okay, but we also have to get rid of the ball. Like, don't give up. If you give up three sacks in a game, and the quarterback throws for 300 yards, you go, okay, that's fine. If you give up six sacks in the game and the quarterback throws for a hundred and it looks like 162 yards, well, that's a problem. They've got this rookie playing uh, second round draft pick. His name is John Smith Jr. And a lot of what they do is predicated on his ability to single block the nose tackle on inside zone in the running game. And they do well. And when he gets beat, the ball gets tackled at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. And he's a pretty good player, and I really like his footwork. He's playing against Devon Gottschow right here. But this is a great matchup between TJ Slayton and John Mitzner. He does a great job of getting vertical displacement, finishing through the whistle, and Saquon gets out the door. Now, they're going to play a lot of six-man. They'll bring in number 64, and they'll play six-man. They'll play him off the line of uh, scrimmage. They'll play him attached as, as an attached tight end. And it's not like they had a ton of success because now you can watch 64, but you can also watch the center. And the center loses now, gets pushed in the backfield. Gauchow comes off and makes the play. The key to this running game was really that center's ability to defeat the nose tackle. A lot of the other guys are, it's all, it's kind of a stalemate offensive line. It's in, in, in some aspects, it's similar to the Green Bay Packers. You're not seeing a ton of movement in the run game, I'm talking. And it's going to come down to who's got the critical block. Can they win in that critical block or can they not lose at that critical block and then allow that running back to get downhill? Here we go, another with a six man O line. They got the double. They down block here on the nose tackle. So they back block with the center, pull around the guard, and still just right guard has a hard time with the nose tackle comes across. And there's a lot of those plays where Saquon Barkley's in the backfield getting hit, having to redirect, et cetera. But Saquon Barkley is still an explosive player. Again, he doesn't have the numbers, but that's really just because they don't have the they don't, just don't have the, the horses up front. And they just have a really stagnant offense. You can load the box against listen, you're a third string guy. There's some things that happen. But if you want to play, the point I showed this one in particular is if you want to sit here, tight end attached, you got a corner out here on the side. But you're gonna play a light front. This is Saquon Barkley. He can make one guy miss. Right? They don't even block the backside linebacker. He can make one guy miss. He's not a he doesn't he's not a cutback player necessarily. He's a downhill find the lane and get and get vertical player, and he's explosive. And last year, you know, we, I, everybody remembers he really took it to the Green Bay Packers. I think they, this is the game they lost over in London. So they're not very good from an offensive standpoint. You certainly. You look at the 13.3 yards per game, and you look at the way the Green Bay Packers defense has been playing, coming off a number of good games against, against if not this year, elite offenses, the Kansas City Chiefs, historically elite offenses. The, the Lions are an elite offense. The Chiefs have been elite. They have Patrick Mahomes. 
So they've been playing at such a high level. What you don't want to have is just kind of let down looking at this like cakewalk, right? I think the kid can throw it. They're going to give him the chance. They're not going to, this isn't going to be a, uh, a run screen punt game. Like they're going to let the ball rip. They're going to move the pocket. They're going to do everything that you need to do in order to be successful against this, this defensive line. They're going to have a, they're going to try to have an answer for Rashawn Gary over there versus that right tackle, whoever it is. If Evan Neal comes back, if Evan Neal comes back and I listen, the, the, maybe he'll be good, but if he comes back, they're going to have to change their offense. I think, I think him being in, even though he's the starter is worse for is net worse for them than having this Phillips kid in 79. I think 79 is doing a better job. That's me personally. But either way, I think there's going to be a line over there. Preston's going to be, hey, let's switch, right? And Ibarra's going to be like, hey, can I go in at left defensive end? I'm ready, right? Van Ness probably still staying over on Andrew Thomas with the, with the two-hand bull rush. But everybody else is probably going to migrate over to the left side and try to get some reps because Andrew Thomas is – it's like Andrew Thomas is beatable as well, but it's like why would you mess with Andrew Thomas if I've got a backup right tackle playing and a quarterback who's not comfortable in the pocket? That's the way I think about things. Let's talk about the defense. So they're 24.3 points per game. That's 26th in the league. Not very good. 364 yards per game, 28th in the league. Not very good. 136 rushing yards per league, 28th in the league. Yards per game, 28th in the league. Not very good. Now, let's throw all the numbers out. Okay, this is really about one guy. Two weeks ago, Dexter Lawrence plays. Okay, Dexter Lawrence is number 97. He is an absolute... uh, Absolute unit. This guy is a game wrecker. Okay. Uh, anybody watched the, the London game last year knows exactly who he is. I know Josh Myers know who's, knows who he is. He's on a hammy right now. But if I'm going to show you tape from the command, again, you can't watch the Patriots offense. It's unwatchable. You wouldn't take it. If I showed it, you guys, you'd be like, oh, well, this is the best defense in the league, you know, because the Patriots game is unwatchable. Fingers crossed he stays hurt because he is a absolute problem. Um, He's the best in the business. You know, not three technique, not nose tackle. This guy's the best in the business. Now, the Giants are going to mix in a lot of quarters coverage with man coverage. They run some different pressure packages. When you're watching the tape or you're watching this live on on, on Monday night, the linebackers tell the story. The linebackers are five yards deep. So if if they're not at five, something's going on. It's that easy. If one of them staggered, he's coming. I mean, it's almost – Cannon law. If they're not sitting at five yards deep, something's going on. They're going to run some sort of pressure game or they're going to run some sort of, you know, stun up front. You can ID this, this entire game by where those linebackers are standing. If they're wide, there's a reason they're wide. And they do it. They're not even trying to hide it. I mean, maybe they are. But again, if I see it, I, I know that the guy on the other team seeing it. Packers screen game should work really well this week. Uh, we didn't see a lot of screen versus the Kansas City Chiefs, but when you see how they line up, Micah McFadden and uh, Bobby Okereke, it, it's because they bring pressure, you can throw the screen into pressure. You can throw the screen away from pressure. There's always one guy that you got to find, right? It's just when you're playing off, if Dexter Lawrence isn't in the game and you're all of a sudden you stop playing against Dexter Lawrence, you're playing against Deshaun Robinson, um, you're playing against Raquel Nunez. Like those guys, you can double up to these linebackers. You can get movement in the run game. Like all the whole game changes. When Dexter's in the game, real, real problem. When he's not in the game, it just you feel like you can do a lot of stuff on, on the ground, especially and in, in definitely in that screen game. They've got some good players on the back end. Like I said, they're gonna run a lot of quarters coverage, they're gonna run some man stuff. But with those opportunities, or excuse me, with those coverages come, you know, deep cross. There's a lot of these routes that Jordan Love likes to throw, and we're showing that we can, we're, we're comfortable with contested catches. So you're going to see the, that, 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 uh, that sale seven, you're going to see the deep crossers. You're going to see, you're going to see uh, follow routes where you, you clear out and come in behind. You're going to see all that stuff. There's a lot of opportunities for deep balls, especially in quarters. A lot of people think quarters, they got four deep. It's like, but if, if you, run a if you run a a a post across the face of the backside corner and you follow it up it's a leverage game right and so if you got speed on that second guy always opportunities let's watch this elite this is all from one game mind you so he presses the center 
Easy tackle. Passing situation, I believe, here, based on the running back. Yep. I mean, listen, guys, that felt fast. I'm not putting this thing in, I'm not putting this thing in like uh fast forward, but wow. I mean, for a guy, this dude's 350 pounds. I mean, it's ridiculous. Quarterback's got to scramble, but you just see it's he's a guy that takes away your confidence. He also tests your technique. If your guards are flat setters, this guy can't be pushed off his initial move unless you're a really good snap punch center. So he can really test your inside leverage at that guard position when they run the TT game, gets in here for a sack. You know, they had a, they had a fair amount of sacks against the commanders as well. You're just hoping this hamstring's still tight, man, because it's the the speed at which this guy moves for the size he is is absolutely absurd. Like it's absurd because he's as big as for you know to put it into my generation, he's as big as you know like tractor trailer Ted Washington, maybe not as big as Ted. He kind of reminds me of Chris Jenkins. I don't know if he's as good as big Chris was, but Chris was like, you know, I played with Chris. Chris fluctuated between three forty and three ninety, and he was almost as fast at three ninety as he was at three forty. Right, so I don't know if Dexter's that good, but uh, he reminds me of Chris in the fact that if he gets going downhill, it's it's big big problems. See, fifty six. Uh, that's sorry, Jihad Ward, uh, fifty five. So they bring in nineteen. That's a that's their will linebacker, and they run this five man look. And when they run the five man look, there's a lot of just nonsense going on. There's you know they're they're running like crazy stunts, double TEs, looper. Thibodeau gets in. Thibodeau's the first-round draft pick from last year from Oregon. For me, um, he's had some success this year. I think his sack number is actually pretty decent. When I watch it, it's a lot of this stuff kind of like effort. Like he's not he's not beating guys with technique. He's beating guys with speed, with leverage, with effort. And, but he's doing a much better job than he did last year, at least from a production standpoint. Um, but again, I, he's not. He's definitely not a, a game plan guy because he doesn't really have moves yet. You know, he's just. Um, He's he's a young player still trying to figure out you know what his go-to thing is going to be, but because they move around, because they have Dexter Lawrence really creating havoc in the middle there, I think it, it provides opportunities for these other guys. Now, here's some good news. We talked about it. These guys, look how deep they are. I mean, this is phenomenal. Think about how much time you have. You get the double. You get to come off on the linebacker. I mean, this is all you can eat Sunday because they play so deep. And they're why are they doing it? I, I don't know. I mean, they're tipping place. So you see, he he starts early. They walk up. I mean, I, when you're watching this, it's like one of those things where you know, as a as a somebody who watches film all the time, your eyes start going to different places. Immediately, like you know, you snap. Okay, you're looking at the front, the coverage, and then you start dialing on like what are the tips, tells, and tendencies. And this jumps off the screen. They're at different heights now. They're at different levels. I'm talking about the two linebackers. So it's like, you know, he's coming in pressure. And this is that one that uh, Dexter Lawrence beat him real bad. Again, just creeping, just creeping, just creeping. He's wide. Bring an extra. And this is where the screen game, you run this into the screen game. And you look at the problem. I'm going to back it up for you guys. So they leave themselves really with six back, rush five. And the linebacker or the drop safety, excuse me, is going to be the closest guy. And this is just easy pickings. They had a number of screens work this game. Look how wide he is. I mean, there's absolutely no reason. I'll show this again. Even on the on the look outside, which you guys can't see, but there's only one reason to be out there. You're building in your leverage. And you can obviously, if you take that, and then you know this is kind of offensive line nerd stuff. So excuse me. But if you see this, Jihad Ward 55, closer than he usually is. There's no reason for, for him to be this close in this situation. There's no chance of him getting cracked from somebody coming in. Right. So you, you kind of know they're moving differently. Like the, these guys don't, I, I guess what I'm saying is 
if there was ever a time where you could read the tea leaves before the snap, like pre-snap recognition from the offensive line, running backs, et cetera, like protection stuff, running stuff, this would be the week because these guys really tip it off. What I think to me what happens is Dexter Lawrence just ruins a lot of it because he's so good. But they're going to give you opportunities to run the ball. More good news here. Again, you see they're on different levels. And they just don't. They just don't attack the line of scrimmage. I mean, you see 58 here, and he should be buttoning this dude in the mouth, and he's trying to read this thing out against a 320-pound left tackle, Charles Leno. I mean, it's it, it's it just makes no sense. But, hey, we'll take it. You got to love it. Playing the run. Uh, I, this is kind of always interesting when you're game planning and you're, you want to run your, your trap game, your gap scheme stuff, and you want to pull a guard, pull a tackle. How are they going to play it? And it was interesting because these guys played it differently. So you see here against the tight end, Thibodeau comes down, wrong shoulders, really rides that tight end down, closes out the gap, rides this down, gives that 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 log look. So the tight end's going to really log him. They're going to run outside. And then you see 25 kind of sitting in the hole here. Interesting because on the other side, very similar action, and we're squaring up. We're not riding that tight end down. And this is just a cross, uh, this is just a, a, a counter look, but the guard's able to kick him out. And I think you're going to see a lot more of the, the latter than the former um, based on just what you see on tape. But there's, again, the reason I bring it up is there's space here. If you're not, if you're going to leave that tight end untouched and you're going to play outside, as you start thinking about how many the game plan, if the center can hold up against 97, this is a very advantageous look because when the linebackers play deep, the safety is also deep. So you look at the slot receiver on the left side of the screen here, he can get to 29 if they need to. That's an easy dig out because they're not attacking the line of scrimmage. They're reading. I mean, you don't know how these games are going to play out, but when you watch this on tape, you get a lot of confidence if you're, if you're thinking about the running attack for the Green Bay Packers. Got to match the coverage with the play call. So as Matt LaFleur continues to give this receiving core, give Jordan Love more information at the line of scrimmage, allow him to make more decisions at the line of scrimmage. When they're showing that they're playing, for example, when they're playing quarters, do we have a quarters beater? Right? Are we going to – we've been using motion a ton to identify uh, coverages. Are we going to have checks? Do we need checks? Do we have a man beater that runs that also works in quarters? They're running a they're running a ton of the same stuff week in week out. And here, like this is a play you're going to see. Now we have they end up getting a pick on this play, but if you're in quarters and you take care of that safety, you should have all this space. If you cross that safety's face to the low side, you should have all this space to run into. We showed this a couple of weeks ago against another another defense. It's a bad throw. That's a bad throw. He doesn't lead his receiver, but you see the opportunity is going to be there. You just have to have the right calls on. So I always love these looks when you have your you have your players split wide and the linebacker steps out because now you can really mess with this linebacker. You can motion in your receiver and you can and you can clear and you have all this space for that linebacker to work against that safety. Because you can see the safeties lined up on the on the slot here, but that linebacker has responsibilities as well. But if they're all going to play off like this, these quick screens can feature in the game because really this linebacker should be out of the play. He's not quite wide enough to get there. So you're looking at, you know, seven, eight, nine yard uh, pickups every time. If you throw it to the right side of the ball and you can run downhill. Use your motion so they show man. And when they show man, you're going to have a couple options here. Now, this is kind of a keeper, but this inside slot, and so they're going to end up throwing this to the flat. They get a nice pickup, but the inside slot is actually, there's a safety on the backside that can drive if he does a crosser, but if the quarterback just pulls up, he can turn around and throw that inside slot at the top of numbers on the 40. Guy's wide open, right? Little quick in cut here, wide open play. There's opportunities because 
these linebackers will at times bite and come all the way up to the line of scrimmage. Logan. It's my man Logan Thomas with a fumble. That's terrible, Logan. Logan was a great story. He comes from Virginia Tech, played a quarterback. He was in Miami with us. And he comes in one day, he's like, uh, and literally he like shoulder pads are different because you know they wore different shoulder pads as a, to quarterbacks and tight ends. And we're like, hey man, what? And he's like number 82 now. And like, hey, what are you doing? He goes, Well, it turns out uh, I'm not gonna be an NFL quarterback, I'm gonna be a tight end. Sure enough, seven years later, really good tight end in the National Football League. Motion creates confusion. They come across and they're having a hard time on the back end, talking about the Giants now, trying to figure out how they're gonna rotate their safeties. And who's picking up where? And what happens is it's just a little thing, but the linebacker really gives a free release and loses the tight end here on the sale seven. So they cleared out. They ran across the uh, safety's face on the on the on the uh, the stagnant receiver, and because they have the motion and you're you're creating confusion you you you're, what you're trying to do is maximize communication pre-snap on the defense so they don't really they don't they're not sure their eyes have to go somewhere else I mean, it forces you to play slow it forces you to read things out and trust your eyes instead of anticipate it gives you opportunities for big plays now this guy has inside leverage and you know when you talk about different teams, different rosters, and just feeling like you should be able to win matchups. Inside leverage, you should never be able to run a three-step slant here and catch the ball, but they can. And my whole point is, again, you don't want to get overconfident, but you want to see that, like, the menu is open this week. You know, if you run good routes, the menu is open here. Line of scrimmage checks. This is kind of more of what I'm talking about with, you know, continue to build out the menu and the playbook for Jordan Love at the line of scrimmage. They bring in, they bring 19 down the line of scrimmage. Jihad Ward is playing over the center. We saw an earlier look like this. And they run a screen to the other side. And I'm pretty sure the commanders are running a check out of this because they've, they've done it twice. Two, two dogs, two screens. And maybe they just knew the Giants were going to have to bring a lot of pressure. But you see how good this looks against the New York Giants football team. Because they, when they commit, they really commit. I don't think they do a good job at the defensive tackle position of reading this out. In other words, maybe they're winning too early. But a lot of times the teams we played, the defensive tackle position has been stopping the screen from happening because it, they lag on the guard. We do a poor job. Maybe we double-team the tackle at the end and they just get out and, and start making the play on the running back. Or we don't get this first, second, this, this first uh, defender out of the secondary. But these plays are wide open. You know, this is an eight-yard gain. doesn't look like much. It's an eight-yard gain. So with that said, there's, there's, there's just a lot of action, I think, on the, on the defensive side for the Packers – or excuse me, for, for the Packers offense against this Giants defense. I'm, I would be – if it's me, I would be as excited – at this opportunity, as I have been all, all year, Monday night football game, they give up 136 or something like that point or yards on, on, the, on the ground. Hopefully Aaron Jones is coming back. I don't know the, the status. I'm, I'm doing the show a, a day early. Let's talk about some matchups that I like or matchups that I'm going to find. Let's say we're finding interesting. So the first one is the one I talked about. It's Giants second rounder, John Smith Jr., uh, the center versus TJ versus, versus uh, Kenny Clark. I think the guy has good footwork. He's a good player. You can see where he got drafted in the second round. Um, and they ask him to do a lot of single blocks play side, which is the center's job. But it was almost um, it was almost like foretelling the way that if he won, they, the, the play did well. If, if he was pushed back into the line, obviously the play went very poorly, but they kept running those plays. They like to win with their middle zone scheme. I think it's a good, I think it's a good scheme for, for Saquon. But you want to force, you think about a guy as explosive as Saquon Barkley, what you're really trying to do is force that early cut. Force that early cut, get that second, get that backside pursuit hot and uh, be able to be able to track him down. 
Second matchup is Tommy DeVito versus the Packers pass rush. And I'm I'm not saying that their offensive line. I'm really talking about the quarterback because I think the quarterback feels this pressure. I think after last week or their last game versus uh versus New England, you have to say six sacks. That's not a that's not a a, a pass rush specialist team. Obviously, the secondary has something to do with that as well. But I showed you on tape, there's there's guys open, there's checkdowns to be had. And maybe he's looking for more. Maybe he's getting just feels like he's getting heated up a little bit. Cat on a hot tin roof kind of thing. Happy feet. But um, he's not afraid to let it rip. But having said that, this Green Bay Packers team, in particular at the, the outside linebacker defensive end spot, has shown a proclivity to be able to beat guys, especially backups, and do some damage in the, in the pass rush game. So I think this is going to be a real interesting matchup. If you can hold this guy to 180 yards passing, you get sacked six times, you expect the victory. And then the third matchup is really the, the matchup of motions. Who's going to win the motion? Both to offenses are using motion to make this a, a lot easier game for the quarterback. To ID fronts, to ID coverages, to create confusion, just to clear the picture for their, 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 their starting quarterback. And which group does a better job of creating confusion on that secondary and providing clarity for that quarterback? I think it's going to go a long way to say who can, who can score more points. Certainly. I think when you look roster on roster, the Packers roster is more talented than the New York Giants roster right now, but these, these things are important. Now the Packers started off the game last week and they ran a ton of motion. They're doing a lot of under center stuff. Like all the stuff we've been talking about is like, how do you make this game as easy as possible and as effective as possible, given the personnel you have, well, Matt has figured it out that formula right now. And they're doing a great job with it. So keys to victory. Number one, winning first down. The linebackers are playing off the line of scrimmage. Dexter Lawrence may play, may not play, has a hamstring, might be limited. But they play off the line of scrimmage. They tip when they're coming. They tip when they're coming. In other words, they move up when they're actually going to dog. So you have to get four, five-plus yards on first down in the running game. You have to make sure your double teams work. I don't feel like... Uh, Thibodeau, especially playing stand-up, is a guy that's going to beat you at the point of attack if you're Rashid, if you're Yash or Rashid. I think those matchups are ones we need to look forward to. I think that if you get a slip look or a double team with the tight end and the tackle, you should expect to get vertical displacement and get up to the linebacker because the linebacker's not shooting. So this is an opportunity to win on first down and really open up the menu on third down so you can be as effective as possible moving the sticks like we talked about last week. Number two, part of that is going to be these line of scrimmage checks. Um, they're not pulling a ton of punches in the secondary. Like what you see is what you get. You run some motion, you're going to figure out, are they in quarters? Are they in man? What are they? Are they going to run, you know, a four shell? They're going to run man coverage. Are they bringing a guy and they're going to, and they're going to drop back into his zone? I mean, it's all there. It's, it's, it's a very, it's not an easy read. This is a hard game. But this team doesn't seem to hide stuff as well as maybe some of the other ones. So are you going to have answers at the line of scrimmage for your um, for for different coverages? So if you if you unearth something, are we verbal nonverbal communication? Are we going to be able to? What did we talk about last week? Right, identify, communicate, and execute. And then I think number three is obvious to everybody: stop Saquon Barkley. Make this a game about Tommy DeVito. Make Tommy DeVito throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns to beat you. You know, if he pulls a Jake Browning, I mean, hats off to Jake Brown. Really hats off to Zach Taylor. I think after the first series in that Bengals game, I'm out there going like, are they really going to run this this kind of – it looked like punt, pass, and kick offense out there for the first, first series or two. And then all of a sudden, Zach's just like, you know what, dude, we're just going to run the same stuff. We still have Jamar Chase. We still have Mixon. Like, we still have guys. And Jake Browning went out there and just absolutely balled out. So if Tommy DeVito goes out there and absolutely balls out like that, he doesn't have the firepower to, I think, personally or with or with the, the players that they have. They don't have a Jamar Chase. They don't have a Joe Mixon. They do have a Joe Mixon. That's not fair. But if he goes out there, you just hey, tip your hat to him and move on to the next game. I, I just don't think they have that. So stop Saquon Barkley. Put this guy in third and long situations. Heat him up. Pocket presence is an issue. This is the kind of stuff you're looking for. And I think that uh, – I think that six points. Listen, you, you're in New York. It's a road game. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a difficult environment. Certainly, Monday Night Football is a whole new schedule. You gotta get used to that. You know, but for me, on, on on situations like this, I look at it like this is one of those games. If you're if you're trying to establish yourself, 
and you're now in the wild card. And again, let's look at the schedule. You got the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. What's the, where's the where's the loss there? I mean, Mike Evans could have a huge game for Tampa, and they they you know something happens there. Maybe the Vikings certainly are capable of beating you. Certainly are capable of beating you, even with you know whoever's going to play quarterback. If Justin Jefferson's back and and with that defense, they have a chance. Uh, Daniil Hunter's playing that lights out. But really, you look at this, and you, you're going to be favored in if four, if not five, of these games. And so it's a question now of how do you want to go into the playoffs, and getting these kind of these not easy wins, but wins where you rack up a lot of points and confidence against bad teams. Because the New York Giants are a bad team; they're four and what did I say? They're four and eight, and they're averaging 13 points a game. That you should win this game handily. So it's it's how you win these games, how you feel about your performance, maybe not even on the scoreboard, but how you feel about your performance in your groups, in your offensive line, your defensive line, your linebacker, how you feel about how you performed. How many mental errors did you have or not have? How many opportunities did you leave out on the field? Like you want to clean all that stuff up and continue to build momentum as you get into and uh, the, the end of December and into, into the playoff situation. You start slotting for, uh, for, for different opportunities to go play one of those top three teams. Cause I think the top three teams in the NFC are all really, really good teams. Talking about the, uh, the Niners, the Eagles and the, and the Cowboys probably in that order. So six point game. I, I actually think this spread's not, not big enough. I think it probably wides by, by the end, by the end, it depends probably on the injury report. This is, this is one of those games where this injury report is going to be telling Evan Neal comes back. That changes things. Um, Darren Waller's not coming back, but if, if Dexter Lawrence plays, Versus not playing, I think that's a huge thing for them as well. Tyrod Taylor being available and not going, that's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, and then certainly on the Green Bay Packers side, Aaron, Jair, there's a lot of guys that you could be able to get back right now, and if, if that's the case, um, certainly those two alone would add a ton uh, to this offense and defense, respectfully. So another chance to prove yourself. Another opportunity to go out, especially on the national stage. I think it should be a lot of fun. Enjoy the game, guys. Enjoy the weekend. You can find me at Mike168 on Twitter. Hit that like button. Subscribe and review us on our Process to Perform channel on Insta on uh, YouTube. And until next time, we will be drinking whiskey until Monday night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.